0: ladies and gentlemen cowboys and cowgirls welcome to the cb rodeo show we're talking about nothing but rodeo cowboys and the western lifestyle i'm your podcast host dustin christensen coming at you live and direct not on tape that one's for you don i'm sitting here today in helena montana with my buddies mr mason reed scott fry and colter Leifert, some top-notch hunters right here in montana now for those of you that don't know montana is some of the best hunting in the world so these guys are here to talk about it how are you guys doing today
1: pretty
0: good Good. well good deal so from what i heard you guys had a pretty darn good hunting season this year how about you guys tell me about that a little bit
2: well considering the drought we had um all three of us got bucks put down pretty decent bucks um still seeing a lot of potential out there um uh, a lot of people didn't have really good luck because of that drought but for us it turned out to be just like any other year so
0: well good good how about you how scott? about you
1: scott how about uh it went pretty good uh elk coming was a little bit uh weird this year kind of got into our spot in the back country and didn't really see much of anything seeing a lot of cows not really many bulls out there uh didn't see anything that we really wanted to take but uh the deer hunting was basically as any other year uh antelope hunting uh was decent it was rough very windy where we hunt and uh got one down with a bow and that went pretty good
3: yeah i'd definitely say the elk hunting was rough this year (laughs) We had weather coming in pretty late, so elk weren't moving like we'd want them to, but we still got this shoulder season. We should all be able to get cows down this year still, so just thankful we all got bucks on the ground, and I'd call it a pretty good hunting season overall.
0: Well, good deal. So, you know, they uh, a lot of people, so Montana is one of the only states that has a shoulder season or late season. Can one of you guys kind of explain what exactly that is? so that the people out there that are listening that are not from here know what shoulder season is or late season is?
1: Uh, yeah, Dustin. Uh, all it is, uh, we have a region, it's uh, 311, and all they're trying to do is kind of take the uh, elk herd away kind of a little bit because there's too many of them in that area, and so they want to get some of the cows out of that area so they can kind of – uh. Trying to thin
3: out the herd. Thin
1: out the herd, equalize where deer can eat and elk can eat and any other animals as the same. Uh, and uh, and also it helps hunters if they didn't get it in the uh, other seat, in the regular season uh, to help them out get meat in their freezer. And, yeah, I think it's a pretty good thing to do and around I think,
3: here. I think it's pretty cool that, I think it was last year they opened it up, um You can now hunt on the shoulder seasons. You can now hunt on state ground, public ground. Oh, really? Before it used to just be private land only. So now last year and this year is going to be a lot easier for
1: us. Yeah, it's state BLM, uh, but no national forest. You cannot go on the national forest and kill a cow. That's the only land you cannot shoot a cow. But any of the other state BLM... BMAs and private land. You shoot cows on that land, and and does,
0: and does. Okay. Well, yeah, you know that's the, that's the big thing. You know, um, you know, like for example, I'm a Rock and Elk Foundation member, you know, and big into elk hunting and all that. And that's one of their their, you know, t- main things is hunting is conservation, and that's exactly what we just kind of elaborated on is, right here. What you guys were just saying that you know we're keeping uh herd population to an appropriate number you know we don't need overpopulation on each um you know species and animal and whatnot um so you guys mentioned earlier a little bit about the drought you know so how in general i mean you guys you guys had pretty good seasons considering i know tons of guys that didn't even see an elk or didn't see a, a single buck didn't see anything um how In general, though, in your guys' opinion, just from what you guys have seen out there, how has the drought kind of affected everything that's kind of in, in hunting? and?
2: Well, it definitely made us uh, look more towards hunting on water. I mean, we were, anywhere you found water, we'd find tracks all the time. Um, where there wasn't water, there just wasn't animals. This year, and that was just a huge part of it, Um
1: Uh, yeah, there was... A, the winter that we had last year wasn't really enough. Didn't get water in the ponds that we needed up in the mountains. Uh, didn't give much for the springs to flow. And so, yeah, it's it was kind of hard. The antlers didn't grow as much this year as they did years previous. Uh, you know, and, and that's actually... In-
2: an interesting deal i was in laurel montana at a, at the taxidermist place there um i can't think of the name of it but super good people and they uh, were telling us on uh, when we have really heavy winters uh the grass is greener longer through the summer and they find more non-typicals that come into their shop in those years and the drought years like scott said there's not um, the horns just aren't growing as big or not as many kickers coming off and Whatnot, but
0: okay. So, you know, we're getting to kind of the water, you know, the drought and all that stuff. Let's talk about just for a brief second, uh, waterfowl hunting. All you guys are duck hunters, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So let's talk about that for a second here. You know, um, do you think the drought's going to affect any of that this year? It comes to hunting ducks or geese or.
2: Oh, it's a tough one. I definitely think it could. Um, I know a lot of fields up north this year got wiped out by grasshoppers because of the heat Um, waterfowl a lot of times primarily feed in those fields Um, so I don't know if they're moving south a little earlier or I don't know if they're just gonna stay around longer in some of the greener fields Um, it's been hard for us to find them Um, we got really good into them early season and now finally have some weather in and some new birds are starting to show up but
0: well good
3: it, it, it's all just going to be based off weather and right spot at the right time mm-hmm. it's like any other kind of hunting
0: yeah exactly and i don't think people realize how much the elements in general you know the weather the you know everything's going on how much it actually affects the wildlife and uh I don't know, do you guys kind of agree with that or oh, elaborate on it a little thing, bit? that's thing, and
2: yeah. it kind of goes along with why it's not a big deal that we can't shoot cows on National Forest um, during the shoulder season because National Forest generally the mountains and higher up, and then the mountains are what gets all the snow and pushes all elk down. They push down into the lo- lower private or down to the state. So Okay. It plays a lot of big factors, and you, if you can play the weather right, um, it can make some big opportunities
0: absolutely so now you guys kind of mentioned before we started recording here uh, talking about waterfowl a little bit um you guys mentioned something about the jet skis jet or boats. jet, jet boats. boats yeah let's talk about that for a second you guys um did not quite boats. elaborate on me yeah. uh, elaborate on it much uh, but now we're sitting in recordings so, you know let's let's kind of talk about that you guys you guys were pretty uh um' Worked up pretty worked up yeah pretty worked up about it let's uh let's just talk about that for a second let's what's your guys's views on this and elaborate on it a little bit here
2: well so i guess what they use them jet boats jet boats for is running up and down the rivers making their way to islands you know because you can hunt the high water marks and it's just an easier way to get into birds and get further down river where there's higher concentration of birds but um in my opinion, it's a pretty controversial issue that hasn't really been talked about. Um, like we got, I've got a family cabin down by Hardin, Montana, um, and I believe they started letting jet boats on there about ten years ago. Um, right before that, there were thousands and thousands of birds, ducks, geese. I mean, the sky would just be black with them, and then. They started letting them jet boats on. And them jet boats, we've heard them out there as early as an hour and a half before shooting light and it blows all the birds out. And then um come shooting light, there's no birds in there yet, because they kicked them out so early. Um and I it's kind of a I feel like it should be a contra pretty controversial issue right now just because um it just makes the hunting hard, it kicks the birds up way too early when the birds come in to land at night is when them jet boats are running off the river blowing them out too early um, I think if something that should get brought up and it would be nice if we could get this addressed out there in the hunting world is if we're gonna allow jet boats if we could make it so they can't get on the river until shooting light so then it would still give everyone a fair chance for some good shooting, and uh, wouldn't blow the birds out, and it would keep them in the area longer. Um, it's just kind of uh, another thing. It's kind of it's kind of came a speed bump in my opinion on uh, for hunting rivers, especially down there by Hardin. Um, there's two big rivers down there, and um, thousands of birds migrate through there, and and they don't stay if some jet bolts run up and down all season
0: okay so do you think it's something that needs to be brought up to you know fishing game or brought up you know to be essentially something that gets changed in the hunting regs basically changing the rules about running those down the river is what you're
2: yeah definitely um just birds from my understanding from from what i've heard for one they've got a harder time kind of seeing at night so if you kick them up so early or kick them up when they're coming in to land for the night and then it's Harder for them to get settled down after they get kicked up, and I don't know. It's just an hour and a half before shoot light and kick them up. You know, it's just it's pretty early, and it just kind of screws
0: up the whole day, essentially. But okay, yeah. Um, so let's let's kind of let's kind of get back into talking about big game for a second here uh and I, I saw this quite a bit when i was hunting this year and you know i wanted to get your guys's opinion on it uh, we were again this is another one of those topics we were talking about before um and we were talking about you know St- steve arnell the the meat eater you know he brought this up and all that uh corner crossing you know so as of right now in montana if there's two state land pieces that are cornering each other but there's ranch land on the other corners they can't, you can't cross from one piece of state land to the other. What do you guys kind of think about that? I know that's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a big controversy thing. You know, you got, um, some big ranches that make a big deal out of it. Uh, I'm not going to state names here, but we all kind of know of one in Montana specifically who makes that into a big problem. Um, so what do you you know? I want to get your guys' opinion on this here and see what you guys you know because you guys have been out more than I have when it comes to big game and you know crossing over into the different state land pieces and all that. What do you guys think about this?
1: Uh, yeah, Dustin. Uh, it's technically not illegal to do it, but the the private owners and fisher game they kind of say it's illegal, but it's not. You can fight it, fight it, and win your case. But, yeah, it's, it's a thing that, need, that needs to probably uh, help, help hunters because there's so much land that is landlocked like that that's cornering a whole bunch of pieces. And you can't really get to it because they'll either landowners get mad or you get in trouble with the fishing game. And I think uh, they either need to make a opening little gate opening on the corner where you can go through or build a little bridge over the fence which would help a lot of hunters where you can go explore more land uh, explore more land get into better
2: opportunities
1: Yeah, better opportunities on animals that you maybe have not haven't seen in your area There's a lot more chances and help hunters in Montana to go out more and go out in more places.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else, you know? It's definitely a
2: big issue right now. Kind of everywhere, it seems like, but here in Montana, it's a big one because we got millions of landlocked public grounds. um, And a lot of it can be accessed by corners, but. Um, a lot of people are trying to make that happen right now, but, um, as Dustin brought up, Steven Gruneloff, mediator, he's got some really good points on that. Um, he talks about it quite a bit. Um, and there's a lot of people's voices involved right now about that.
0: Yeah. Cause I know, and we'll bring this up here. I know, um, when I'm out hunting, I use Onyx and I'll kind of talk to you guys about Onyx here in a second, but, um you know, you're coming across, you're on state land, you look over and see a, a section of state land, and it's, you know, landlocked like that, and I don't know about you guys, but there's been times I've been out there, and I can look on that other state land, and I can see some bulls standing out there, or some, you know, some bucks standing out there, but, you know, we can't get to it, you know, and the, the ranchers refuse to let you through kind of deal, you know, and it's just a small, maybe, you know, 10-foot section you would just have to cross just to get to it, you know, but they... Um, and I, I've heard from several other hunters that it's just a real pain in the butt, you know. And I and I agree with them. I totally agree with them on that. And um, so yeah, Colter, anything? You've been kind of quiet this entire time, buddy. You know, you, you all good over there?
3: Yeah, no, I'd say they definitely covered about what there is to say about corner crossing. I just
0: okay, oh, oh, a good okay.
2: example of what could help with it, I guess. There's one piece of state land that we all hunt. And it's a corner, but uh, they went up and re fenced it. Um, so now the corner is about probably uh, wide, 10 foot wide.
1: No, it's about like, wide enough to fit a combine through right yep. now.
2: So they made those two pieces, 400s, legal to access just by spreading the fence 20 feet, 10 feet. Even if it's 5 feet and anyone can get through, you know, and yeah, I don't know. It's just. It's pretty helpful because there's always elk that go up on the top piece, and if you couldn't cut that corner, then the su- success out there would be much lower.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, like, a, you know, like just a second ago, I mentioned Onyx. Let's talk about Onyx for a second. You, do all you guys use Onyx?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I do, but I'm not very good at it. It's,
0: okay. a game,
2: it's a game changer.
1: Yeah. A lot of private landowners don't really like it. Game warnings. I've talked to a couple game warnings. They don't really like like how the people made it of where it can tell us where a whole bunch of other land is. Yeah, and just Reading a paper map and it helps us a lot you can see where yourself is on the piece that you're hunting and i've used it multiple times private landowners they think that i'm on their land and i show them on that onyx and they kind of be quiet and it's it's a real game changer for hunters using it Yes, yeah, you can download download a the piece that you're hunting and you can use it offline li- off offline if you're in the high country and you don't have any uh, uh service up there you can use it and it's pretty cool you can see all the ravines what you want to hunt in there it's a really cool thing to use while hunting
3: yeah and i've ran into plenty of pieces throughout montana where it's posted private land no trespassing But uh, on uh, On Onyx, it'll show you um, some of that state ground that they got posted and you can legally access it. And uh, so I think Onyx is a super
2: cool thing to have. Definitely helps out. It's a good scouting tool also. If you're pretty busy with work, family, you just caught up with life and can't make some time out to go scouting, Uh, you can get on your Onyx and do some e-scouting. it definitely helps a lot. I've definitely found some really good pieces just from going on X, looking on there. This piece looks good. We go out and try it, and it works out good. So, and, and it, that, and you always know your boundaries. You always know where you're at, so you don't accidentally hop a fence that you're not supposed to, or if something's not marked. You know where you're at, and you're always legal.
0: Hmm. Well, I noticed too, and I don't, I don't know if you guys have used this or not. Um, shows the. Uh, It'll show you BMA land too. You know, yep. it'll specify type one or type two, you know, and it'll show you the access points on there to where you can access it from, the sign in boxes. Um have you guys tried using that at all or anything? Have yeah. you guys tried heading out to BMA land or anything?
1: Yeah, saw uh, some of that BMA land of hunting and went to it and they have a little green box on the on the on X thing and sometimes it's not really there you have to kind of look for the box sometimes they put them at their houses a lot of times so uh but yeah that's a that's pretty sweet that they do that with show you all the bma land you Mm -hmm. know and another thing is they added
2: up you can click on the region you're in and you can read the regulations for that region right there. So yep. if you're out and about and you got some service, don't have regs with you for some reason, you forgot them in the truck or forgot them at home, you can pull that up, um, see what you're legally allowed to shoot and shooting light and helps out with all that stuff.
1: Yeah, another thing that has, you can click on, the, on a private property piece and you can see where their address is and you can go meet them and ask them Hey, can I hunt your property? Mm-hmm. And that's I've done that a couple times and quite a bit. I've they've let me hunt on on their property. Just going up asking them, and it's yeah, it's pretty cool to Tool to have while hunting, it's, it's a perfect de- tool. It's a def it's definitely a lifesaver for some hunters. It's I can
2: tell you, it's made me a better hunter. Yeah, <laughs> since I first got it, it's made me a better hunter. Just being able to locate new pieces and everything else we talked about. So,
0: Well, I noticed, too, it's a, it's a good uh, survival tool for that matter, too, because, like you were saying, you know, offline you can see exactly where you're at, where the next service road is, like that, yep. as well as if you're going hunting, you know, you if you're going by yourself or, you know, you're going with someone else and, you know, you always want to kind of let someone else back home know that you, where you're going kind of deal. Um I notice you can share the, the pinpoints, you know, mm-hmm. and you can show them where you're, where you're, uh, going. And, um, it also helps if, uh, it actually happened to me a little while ago, a buddy of mine, um, took down an elk way out in the middle of, um, middle of nowhere in the state land, way up in the mountains. And, uh, he was able to send us pinpoints to find him cause he needed help packing it out. It was getting dark out to exactly where to turn out, where exactly a snowbank was to avoid it, you know, all this different stuff. And he was able to send it, you know, and give us his location, essentially. Um, Have you guys tried use use it for anything like that, like kind of a survival or more of a safety kind of?
1: Yeah, I've done that a couple times. Uh, That's, yeah, it's – that's a pretty sweet thing that you can – Uh, that can show you where your buddy is and you can send the point where you're at where he's at and yeah you can go help him out
2: you can mark your where you park to so if you get lost you can go on there and see where your truck is find your way out of there
1: the other thing that's cool is they have a thing on the onyx it's called tools Uh, hunting uh, you can see how far an animal is kind of you can do a line distance you can click where you're at and then click where you know where the deer is and see how long that is too
2: your line of distance yep well heck i'm gonna As have control to
0: control flies i'm gonna have to have you guys show me that then sometimes just good deal yeah, that. And, and if you're cool.
2: looking at something right and you can put the drop the one point uh, move it over drop again, and, you know, it'll tell you a mile. So it's going to be about a mile hike as a crow flies, you know, and then you throw on your hills and whatnot. But it it definitely can give you a good perspective of, you know, if you want to get to this piece of the state land, how how much hiking about you're going to be doing.
3: And you can track yourself. If you're going way into the backcountry, never really been there before, you can set a tracker, and wherever you hike, it leaves a line. So if you get lost, you can follow your line back out really yep
2: yep
0: so all all in all it's just a good safety tool and a good hunting yeah, tool And really. then it, i mean
2: uh also let you know state land that you can uh take say atvs on side by sides you know um which is pretty helpful too mm-hmm. if you're gonna go check out a new piece and then you can see if it's worth bringing your atv or not um if you hunt with those um or if you're just gonna
0: go hiking so mm-hmm. yeah yeah, no, it's a it's a really good tool, and I'd I'd assume you guys would recommend it to anybody, you know, anybody that was looking to get into hunting, you know, you'd probably recommend it to them, huh?
3: Oh yeah, yep. for sure.
0: Well, good deal. So let's talk about it a little bit. Let's change our from hunting to fishing for a second. Um, you know, so I know I know Coulter and Mason, you guys are pretty big fishermen.
2: I like this. Yeah, to
0: be. <laughs> Scott, how about you? Are you.
1: Uh yeah, I do. Uh, I do a lot of bow fishing for carp. Oh, yeah. That, that's pretty fun. Bow um, fishing? Yeah. Shoot, cart. Yeah. Uh, I usually go to Canyon Ferry for that. Go into that kind of thicket of all where a whole bunch of weeds are. That's where most of the carp are. And uh, go to Three Forks Ponds. A little fun. You just walk around there. See them right off the bank. and That's yeah, pretty fun. And then fishing uh i don't really do much but uh it's,
0: it's good stuff <laughs> oh. so so bull fishing i you know this is I,
2: I, I, so you can go and get uh it's a, a real setup uh-huh so it's basically a reel on there and it comes with an arrow special kind of arrow it comes with and it already comes with all your string in it Really?
1: Yeah, it's a different, it's kind of like a nylon string, not like a fishing string, like Mm -hmm. a thick uh, how do you say it? Like, you know the, probably what is it, 10-15 feet on a fly fishing pole, the end will be like neon Mm -hmm. neon line, yeah, it's kind of like that kind of line. It's like
3: a super thin little rope that will not
1: snap. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Yeah, and then the the point of it is kind of like a Kind of like a field point with two long uh, spikes, so when it goes through the fish, it won't come back out.
0: Okay, you can just reel them right yeah, back reels
1: in. Reel mm. them in.
0: So mm. now, when you're bow fishing, though, are you following regular fishing regulations, nope. or are they do they have special regulations for bow fishing?
3: Carp are not. Yeah. You, no. you cannot shoot game fish with your bow. Yeah,
1: it's only carp or I some other fish, play. I think. Right. I don't know about that, but. Like, down in Texas, you probably, I think you can shoot, uh, crap, I forget, what the, there's another fish you can shoot down there, uh, and carp, uh, but, yeah, it's a pretty fun sure. thing. Yeah, you just, all it is is a reel on your bow with no sight. You just pull it back, and you kind of just eye it, and figure you wanna, it
3: out. You want to aim way low, because the second the arrow hits the water, it goes right up. Yeah.
0: Really? Yep. Yep. Hmm. So. Heck, I wouldn't mind seeing that sometime or giving it a try. I've never. Yeah, it's, it's I've never far. even. I mean, I've heard of I've seen it on TV shows. They're like down in, like, you know, Louisiana or Texas, yep. but I didn't know it was a thing up here, you oh, know. Oh, yeah,
3: big thing up here. They got tournaments at Canyon Ferry. Really?
0: Yeah. Yep. Really? Have you guys, you know, like I said, you guys pretty big fishermen, you know, too. Have you guys thought about entering any of those tur- tournaments? Because I know they. The only tournaments that I've even thought about taking. Part in is they got those uh, coyote hunting tournaments. You know that's oh, a little yeah, that's bit different. Pretty fun. Yeah. That's a little bit different, you know. But like, have you guys thought about you know entering in those fishing tournaments or even any hunting tournaments? Uh you know? yeah,
1: uh, I've done the Cam- uh, Canyon Ferry uh, Perch tournament, ice fishing tournament. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun. Uh, but that's I do probably more ice fishing than regular fishing.
0: Okay, so, so let's talk about ice fishing then, because you know i've ne- I've never gone ice fishing either
1: I, ice fishing
3: is super cool it's it's like a whole whole different experience of fishing you get a all the things that are involved you you know if, if you want i'd recommend ice fishing house and then you got your heater and you get to bring all your stuff out and if you got a snowmobile you just drive out on the lake wherever you want find a hole and you drill holes set up your or you set up your fish house you drill holes and you got to check your depth and yeah, ice just start
1: fi- fishing. Ice fishing is pretty fun. You got to hang out with friends, family out there, have a good time out there.
0: So, now what time of year? I mean, obviously, it's got to be winter. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> a <laughs> obvious one. But, like, is it usually like January and February, kind of? Because that seems to be uh, the coldest time in uh, the
1: n- No, not really. It's literally like on Canyon Ferry We're where I ice, ice fish. Mm-hmm. Where uh, it's just finding spots a school fish. Mm-hmm. Basically, well, all you have to find, and you find where they usually will hang out. And once you do that, really, you can go any time of the year.
0: How thick does the ice have to be for you guys to fish on it?
1: Enough to uh, for you to not fall through. <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, I sure hope
0: so. But um, I believe it's about
2: two, about two or three inches. You can walk on. Uh-huh. Um, you it's probably not won't recommended. Be- you probably but want four six. to five
1: six yeah you right, fine. at least a six i've so been
2: can... ice fishing out up in northeastern montana four feet of ice mm-hmm. like all the way down on your auger and <laughs> you you're just not gonna fall through <laughs> yeah of those points but yeah there's people out there on three inches of ice sometimes
0: oh man that'd make me a little nervous <laughs> you know,
2: it what's
3: super cool is i've got to see this one time we were ice fishing in minnesota and <laughs> I mean, it, the ice was so clear once we were in the fish house, and we were fishing, and out of nowhere, you could hear the lake cracking and popping, and it just echoes kind of like a gunshot. And Well, one of those cracks ends up going right under our fish house, right almost dead center of it, just, I mean, it just, big solid crack it's loud. It's right loud. through the middle of the fish house. It was awesome.
0: Did you guys, uh, was it one of those deals that scared you a little bit? Oh, you yeah. Thought, you thought about having to get out of there kind of deal?
3: <laughs> yeah, kind of had to change my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, that would scare me a little bit, too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, the sound is crazy. It's, it's like a gunshot, definitely. Well. And water comes out of your hole, and it's like, holy cow. Really? Yeah. Wow. Right.
0: So... Okay.
3: It, you'll be you, you'll be fishing Canyon Ferry and everybody's got trucks out there pulling trailers right way out in the middle of the lake and you'll be ice fishing and all you hear is that cracking going on it's just blowing up everywhere just boom boom just as they're driving it's really it's
1: it's cool but it's a little nerve wracking.
0: Any of you guys ever had any close calls with the ice there?
1: I. Yeah, one time my dad fell in. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he was walking back, and there's just this thin little piece, and, yeah, he fell through. Huh. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't really a good day.
0: Yeah, it doesn't sound like it.
1: No. It's well, a,
2: It can be a scary deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. I believe but every
2: the, year there's at least probably... Two Or three people, their truck goes through their four wheeler or something, mm-hmm. and they don't make it out every year. Yeah. It's just, just a given, but just
0: gotta, gotta be have, safe
2: with it. You gotta have common sense to do it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, it sounds like it, but it's a I'm sure it's pretty rewarding, though, huh? I mean, you can get some oh, yeah, pretty decent, you know, because uh, you know, up in, up in Haver when I used to live up there, uh, a lot of people did uh, ice fishing for walleye, you know. Um, you guys do much walleye fishing?
3: I love walleye fishing. I'm I'm really just starting to get into it. Um, I've always tried, but I'm finally learning out about what what rigs to use for them, and finally got a hold of a decent boat this last year, and that's improved a lot. A lot of my fishing, and my dad's and walleye fishing, I think, is some of the funnest fishing. I mean, it you call them lindy rigs or something and uh you just go out you want a day where it's kind of breezy and you just drive out in the lake and set your boat sideways and toss out your rigs and they just kind of bounce across the bottom and you just float across the lake and fishing for walleye Hmm. and i think they're some of the best
2: eating fish but definitely some of the best eating fish it all depends on how you want to cook it
0: yeah, it's pretty good. I I do like it. You yeah, know.
2: Canyon Ferry's actually got a restaurant right out right on the side of the lake, and you can order slabs of walleye. Really, it's not too cheap, but damn, it's good.
0: <laughs> so you know, another just I don't don't mean to change the subject here, um, but we're kind of running out of time here, so I'm just gonna try to get through it here. Um, one of the biggest controversies I've seen in hunting, you know, nowadays is people uh, how people feel about trapping.
1: Oh, yeah. You know,
0: there's a lot of, you know, people that are against it say it's inhumane. Um, there's other people um, that are really big into it, and they, you know, they try saying, well, it's not. And, uh, you know, what's, what's your guys' – I don't know if you guys have spent much time doing trapping, but uh, what's your guys' kind of take on trapping here in Montana? You can go about
2: that a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, you know, they say it's inhumane because you're catching them predators. Mm-hmm. But when them predators – take down a deer or something it's nothing there's nothing pretty about it
0: yeah my
3: dad
2: grew up trapping
3: um he has nothing bad to say about it at all and i think it's a super cool thing and currently me and my dad actually we just went out and bought a bunch of traps and i'm gonna try to we're talking about a class i think it's starting um this coming up year, you're gonna to have to take a three week trapper's class in order to get your license just to go trapping. But as of right now, I think I can just go in and get it. So I'm gonna to try to get that done. And, um, this year, I think I'm gonna really get into it and I'm excited to learn about it more. My dad teach me.
0: Well, good. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, it's a cool thing. Uh, me and my dad, we trap coyotes and. What the people don't really know, they think the animal is hurting a lot, but in the foothold trap, there's a space when it's fully closed, so it's not closed all the way. Uh, all it does when it goes on its arm is basically makes its foot dead, and it doesn't hurt the animal at all. And they At first, when they do get trapped in it, uh, they kind of... Trying to get it off, and then they just lay down the rest of the time. They're very calm after they are all wrestled up when they once they get trapped, and I think it's a good thing. Uh, take you have to keep population down, like any other animal: mm-hmm. um, beavers, muskrats, uh, bobcat, uh, coyotes, foxes. You're uh, pretty efficiently too yeah
0: well yeah people have been trapping for hundreds of years out here yeah i mean montana was known for originally for fur trapping you know
1: yep yeah i think it's a cool thing to do uh but i think people that don't really know about it they need to kind of learn what it's actually about what those guys that do it for a living going out there checking traps every day and
2: some of the regulations kind of make sense though in my opinion like not setting a trap on a trail
0: mm-hmm.
2: could make sense to me if you're walking with your dog he gets caught in it and <laughs> it ain't going to be too pretty so yeah setting it off trail a little bit and then yeah, I think you it's can a... still use your public lands to the fullest with everything and
1: nobody's dog's going to get caught up in it <laughs> yeah 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 i uh I think a trapping is a good thing I think people just need to understand more what it's about mm-hmm. and that it does not really uh being having an animal in a foothold trap doesn't really hurt it yeah and there's some traps that have rubber on it, on the on its jaws okay on the jaws of the trap so so yeah, I think it's a good thing to do and I think people, some people uh, should get, more people should get into it because it's a good thing to do.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: it's a good thing to do, Scott. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing to do, you know. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it's kind of the end of the you know general hunting season obviously it just ended on the 28th of november here um you guys have any big plans for next year any you know special areas special tags you guys gonna try to apply for or any you know anything that you guys are already kind of planning for next next year
2: for right now we're primarily gonna focus on birds (laughs) for the next month or two okay and cow elk yeah cow elk gotta get some more meat in the
3: freezer i for sure for next year though i'd like i'd like it eastern montana antelope tag and uh Oh, yeah, that's cool. Probably, I'll, I'd like to try to put in for a moose, but those are hard to get. But yeah. all the steer can do is try. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely gonna have more patience this year or this coming up year for hunting. I know I can get on big bucks, so I just gotta be willing to hold out for that and stay strong about it. Yeah. But.
0: Absolutely. Well, guys, it's about time for us to out go do some lincoln fishing. So uh, i like to say thank you guys for taking the time to sit down with me here. Yeah, sure. yeah, are welcome to... yeah. And, um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to like me on Facebook, the CB Rodeo Show. Look us up. Uh, check us out on Spotify and working on getting on Apple. Um, don't forget to check out old Mason Reed online, as well as Coulter Lafort and uh, Scott Fry here. In fact yeah what's your guys's instagram let's get that on there you know get you guys get some followers going on here you know
1: uh i think mine scott fry uh 14 oh. give me a second here.
0: yeah you guys can follow them and see their you know Mason they're hunting Reed. just look at up. just masonry <laughs> see uh some of their guys these guys hunting trips is and uh you know i know uh
2: <laughs> yeah, we're going to have more to follow. There's definitely going to be a lot more to talk about. Yep. Oh, yeah, coming. And then rodeo and hunting. Yeah, so, oh yeah.
0: Coulter and Mason both are, uh, you know, into rodeo. Mason over here is an NRA bull rider, and Coulter oh, is getting man. into saddle bronc riding. And um, So yeah, don't forget to like them on Instagram. And uh, yeah, tune in for our next episode. We're going to sit down with Caitlin McMillan. World champion barrel racer. Gonna sit down and have a conversation with her. So until next time, thank you for listening to the CB Rodeo Show. We're signing off.